you're listening to a message from Lifeway Church. For more information about our church and our ministries, please visit www.lifeway.church. Now, please enjoy this message from our pastor, Bruce Rhodes. So let's pray as we get into the Word. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit, who is the, the Spirit of truth that guides us into the truth this morning. Show us things. Father, from your word that we've never seen before, open our, our, our minds to your instruction, Lord. Teach us. Father, we are hungry and we open our hearts. We decide, Father, to receive all that you have for us this morning, not only just to, to know it, but to do it. We're not just hearers, but we're doers of your word. And we decide beforehand, ahead of time, that we will do what you tell us to do. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... Amen, amen, amen. This series, Twisted Truth, has a a connection to what was going on up here and what the kids were were studying about this last series. They were they the whole theme was God's greater than my feelings. But the world is teaching kids to trust their feelings. That their feelings in other words, the world is teaching the kids that their feelings are greater than God. But we as the church and we as Christian parents should teach our children that God is to be trusted and our feelings, yet they're real, but they can't be trusted, right? And so we're living in this age, in this world that is twisted. And people are wondering what what the truth is. Even this past week, things are coming out and everybody's waiting for the next lie, right? Can we agree on that? That we live in a world that we're, we're flooded and bombarded with things that just, they're, they're, they don't make sense. They're confusing. It's twisted. It's, it's, you know, somebody says there's a white lie. There is no white lie. There's, there, a half lie is the whole truth, or the half truth is a whole lie, right? And so we need to be able to discern in this culture of deception discernment we need discernment discernment this answer uh, the truth is the answer to doubt by the way people are doubting their faith but the truth is the answer and we have to put our faith and our trust in the truth we have to know the one that we trust and we have to discover from him and from his word what he teaches us by His Spirit and through His Word to build that trust so that we're not duped. You know, the past couple of weeks, this is week number three, but you can go back and you can look at the the videos or listen to the audios. The notes are online. If you want to pick up the notes here this morning, you can go to lifeway.church forward slash 9-29-19. Follow along in the notes. Um, this is where we've missed it before. You know, people say, well, pastor, do you have to have the notes? Do you have, no, we, we come into a place. We missed it before by coming into a place and just listening to a man or woman talk about God and not fact checking. Last week we talked about the Bereans and how they, every day they went back to the word of God that they had, which was the old Testament. And they fact checked Paul and made sure that what Paul was saying was the truth. And so let's don't take it for granted that I'm standing up here telling you the truth. You do your homework. I believe that I've done my homework. 
And you can trust that I'm very particular about who I listen to. And I, and I check it against the word of God because I know that one day I'll stand before God and be responsible for what I'm saying to you. Amen. And that's a heavy responsibility. But I want to encourage you to, you, you do your homework. I'm doing mine, you do yours. We're all responsible. In fact, last week, that was, that was the theme of the uh, message last week, is we're, we're both leaders and followers responsible to the truth. You know, a lot of people like to point fingers and say, well, it's, it's the leaders that have gone off, and there's a lot of false prophets and false teachers out here today. Yes, that's absolutely the truth. Jesus even prophesied that to us over 2,000 years ago. Um, and the Holy Spirit also confirmed that. There are uh, false teachers today that are teaching things that are false. But how much more do we need to pay attention to what's being taught and line it up with the Word of God? Right? We understand that. And so, Acts chapter 30, or Acts 8, verse 30, talks about Philip. And an Ethiopian man who was very important. I'm going to read. Let me just read. I'll just read the, this, this whole passage so that you know that I'm not just extrapolating a couple of verses out. And having it to say what I want it to say. Acts chapter 8. We'll begin in verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an imp- important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandake, which means the queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. And on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. The Spirit of the Lord told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah, the prophet. And he said this. He asked the man this. Do you understand what you're reading? If that's not underlined in your Bible, you need to underline it. Do you understand what you're reading? And the man said, how can I unless someone explains it to me? And so he he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of Scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before his shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is this prophet? Uh, Who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? And then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here's water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot, and then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared uh, again in another place. So, wow. What, a, what an account. Think about what was going on here. The eunuch owned personally a scroll of Isaiah. That was costly. Yes. 
they say back in the Bible times to own. This is in the first or fourth century, first through the fourth century, to own one chapter of the New Testament was like $2,000 in our money. And so this was a man, important Ethiopian man, who went to Jerusalem to worship with a scroll with Isaiah on it, no telling how long he had been reading this scroll of Isaiah to try to understand what he was trying to understand. But as he's coming back from worshiping in Jerusalem, back to Ethiopia, and note that he was the treasurer of the queen of Ethiopia. The man was important. He was trustworthy. And I believe that he was wealthy. Doesn't say how much money he had, but he he told the chariot, pull over, I'm going to get baptized. So think about what was going on here. We, We... we like to kind of skip over the details a little bit, or we don't mean to. I don't, I don't think we like to, but we, we do. The man appreciated the Word of God. He worshiped God, but he didn't understand what he was reading. So that says to us, if we don't understand, you know, it's okay to not understand. But it's not okay to stay that way, right? We, we need to be hungry enough to find out what the Word of God means. Philip knew Jesus, and he knew how to lead someone to Jesus from the prophet Isaiah. Think about that. This was Philip who had, who had lived during the time of Jesus, but he knew how to bring people from Isaiah and catch them all the way up to what Jesus said, go in my name and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? So Philip was ready. He was in the right place at the right time listening to the voice of the Spirit of God. He was ready. And so this encounter happened. But I want us to note what Philip asked the eunuch. Do you understand what you're reading? I believe that we're in a, a real crisis in the body of Christ and also in the world of Bible illiteracy. There's, uh, we, we have Bibles, and I'm going to read some statistic, statistics in just a moment, but we, we have the Bible. It's not that we don't have Bibles, it's that we're not understanding the Bible. This eunuch read and read and read and read, but Philip, di- Philip didn't ask him, hey, are you reading the Bible? <laughs> Do you understand what you're reading? And then the man says, well, how can I unless someone explains it? And he trusted Philip enough to say, hey, come on up in my chariot. And from that point on, Philip took the man from Isaiah to the point where the man says, hey, stop. I want to be baptized. Think about, think about what was going on here, the dynamics of what was happening. We need more people to understand the Bible. Not just hear the Bible, read the Bible. We need to understand what we're reading. And so this crisis is bad. It's bad. How bad is it? According to the American Bible Society, 87% of American households own a Bible. 87%. The average household has three Bibles available. Now, this is not, this is, we're talking about physical Bibles. If you have a phone, you are able to download free Bibles on your phone. 
So in essence, in theory, everyone who owns a phone that lives in America has access to a Bible. Free. Would you agree? But yet we have this crisis, this biblical illiteracy that is, and and, and I want to make the connection to the series. We're we're hearing twisted truth, even even inside the church. We're hearing doctrines that aren't in line with the word of God. But we have the Bible. We have the Bible. But do we understand what the Bible says? So the problem is this. Most Americans have access to a Bible that they don't read. Just 11% have read the entire Bible. And, and the majority, 30% of Americans surveyed, have read no more than several passages or stories. And so these numbers are, are declining, as you would imagine. Here are some sayings. I, I found some sayings on the, on the Internet that people actually believe are a verse in the Bible. This is, you'll recognize some of them. The first one, God works in mysterious ways. People actually think that that's a verse. That's not a verse. Maybe some need to write it down in here so you, you, you're aware that this is not a verse. Cleanliness is next to godliness. People think that's a verse in the Bible. No. Now, I can't imagine heaven being unclean. And, you know, there's, there's not trash laying around in heaven. So, but cleanliness is next to godliness is not a scripture. How about money is the root of all evil? That's not true. The love of money is the root of all evil. But people have heard this over and over. Somebody says, well, the Bible says that money is the root of all evil. And so they just believe that. They're not even checking the facts. Number four, what goes around comes around. (laughs) Not true. There is a Bible that says you will reap what you sow. That's in Galatians, right? But the Bible does not say what goes around comes around. How about spare the rod, spoil the child? No, it's even harsher than that. Spare the rod, hate the child. And you really have to study that out because then you will think you're you know, discipline out of, out of anger or you, you, you need to, we need to study and we just don't need to be gullible and believe that what everybody is saying comes from scripture. They say, well, the Bible says God hates sin, but loves the sinner. That's not what the Bible says. You need to study it. I could go off on an hour sermon on that one point right there. God helps those who help themselves. That's not true. That's not true. So Bible illiteracy, we need to define that, is not reading or reading and not comprehending the Bible for yourself. And I believe that we're in a crisis because so many people are so gullible to believe what anyone is saying that's standing up and holding a Bible. We need to fact check. We need to search it out for yourself and make sure that what you're allowing to go into your heart is truly the word of God. So here's some statistics from Barna Research. 48% of people that have been surveyed identify as Bible users 
And of those 48, 8% say they use the Bible three to four times a year. 6% say they use it once a month. 8% say once a week. 13% say several times a week. And 14% of that 48% says they use the Bible daily. So if we look at the 13 and 14%, the ones that say they use the Bible daily and the ones they say use the Bible several times a week, that's 27% of the total claim that they use the Bible enough to be spiritually healthy. To be spiritually healthy is really only, only the first step to being able to recognize false teaching. But let's say we're spiritually healthy and we're using the Bible every day or every other day. Try that with, uh, with your body to see spiritual health. There's a, there's a relation there. Because the Bible talks about the Word of God as food to us, right? Jesus said, even to the enemy, man doesn't live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so our life consists of, our spiritual life consists of ingesting and digesting the words that God has spoken. But try to live on uh, three to four times a year, eating your natural food, three to four times a year, or once a week, try to nourish your body by eating just once a week. So there's a correlation here. There's a correlation. The less time that you spend studying the Bible for yourself, the more open you are to deception. So it's, it's bad. It's, it's, it's bad. How did we get here? What, what was the road to here that got us here? Number one, I believe, uh, if you look at Acts chapter 2, verse 42, the first thing is that we substitu- we've substituted other things for the Word of God. Acts 2.42. Uh, this should be in the Amplified Bible. Talks about the disciples as they were in the upper room and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they came down and Acts 2.42 says they were continually and faithfully devoting themselves to the instruction of the apostles. Number one, the instruction of the apostles. Some versions say the teaching of the apostles. Some uh, versions say the apostles' doctrine. But they were faithfully and continually devoting themselves to the instruction of the apostles and to fellowship, to eating meals together, and to prayers. And so the first thing that was listed was what? The instruction of the apostles. And most you know, times we get together as Christians, we want to eat first, save the word to last, and, and you know, tag on a prayer at the end. But these folks were dedicated, continually committed and devoting themselves to the instruction of the apostles. And, and you have to think back. They, they didn't have a canonized Bible like we have from Genesis to Revelation. They had the words of the apostles that, that they carried from Jesus. 
Then they had the old covenant that they had studied that reflected Jesus. And so they were hanging on words of truth for their very life. So the reason uh, that we today, one of the reasons that we, we don't put the word first is the distractions. And we see that in Mark chapter 4. The cares of this world will choke out the effectiveness or the fruitfulness of the word of God. And so the, if the word is not producing in your life, guess what? You're open to deception. You're subject to believing twisted truth, half truth, or a lie. I'm amazed some of the, sometimes by some Christians that say, God said, God said, or they'll tell another Christian, the Lord said to tell you. And because they tag that on, people will just gulp it down. Oh, wow, that sounds spiritual. I like that. Must mean that God cares about me if he speaks to somebody else on my behalf. And really, we need to wake up. We need to realize that we need to check things against the word. God's spirit is not going to speak anything that's contrary to his word, his written word. You're not going to get a rhema that violates the logos. So a lot of times also we reason away this uh, necessity to study the word for ourselves by thinking. I don't have much time today. You know, I'm going to skip my quiet time with the Lord and I'll just catch the Christian radio on my way down to the office. Christian radio on the way to the office. I'll just hear a couple of praise songs and that'll set my day right and, you know, no. Or I'll just, I'll leave on the Christian TV and people are preaching at me all day long while I'm doing housework or whatever. No. We substitute something that's convenient for, for Bible study. And we become, the, the, the result is, guys, Bible illiteracy. And we're all in this boat through this series. And I'm, I'm studying the word and pouring over the word. I'm thinking, wow, <laughs> I really need to get back to digging in the word. So I'm putting myself in us. We need to, right? Number two, we've taken doctrine lightly. Taken doctrine lightly. And we hear things, uh, ministers say, and say things like this. Well, you know, the mo- most important thing is that you can just walk up to people and say, ain't Jesus great? But think about what Jesus did on the earth. He didn't do that. Jesus didn't walk up to a group of people and say, ain't I great? Look at me. A lot of times, guys, we, and we have to admit it, this happened to me the other day. I was telling someone about how God had just really blessed me. And in the moment, the Holy Spirit on the inside of me said, stop. That person's not getting it. And I, the, when I backed off and was quiet enough to hear the Holy Spirit say, stop. He, he, he corrected me and he said, you were, you were trying to brag on God, but you were patting yourself on the back more. So I'm just saying, a lot of times we try to brag on God, but we're really putting ourselves out there. 
especially the people that do not understand or may have been disappointed in what they were believing God to do for them. They hear somebody boasting proudly on God, but actually behind it we're patting ourselves on the back. It's because we prayed, or it's because we gave, or it's because we did this, that God did this for me, and isn't God so great? I know that didn't make very many people shout. But uh, (laughs) we tell people all the time, well, Jesus loves you, and we think that that's just going to win them over. But we fail to teach people how to love Jesus. John 14, 15 says this in the New Living Translation. Jesus said this, if you love me, obey my commandments. We want a Jesus that loves us, but do we really want to love him? I want his love, but do I really want to obey? Obey. And if I don't know what he's commanded me to do, then I'm not obligated and I'm not responsible. So just keep the word over there and I'll just keep doing what I'm doing and say, Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. We take, the point is we take doctrine lightly. We're not sure really what the word says. And we think that we're going to win the world by these catchy little phrases like Jesus loves you and ain't God good and Look at how God's blessed me. Number three. I think sometimes we, we just get satisfied with just being a Christian. We're just a Christian and we're satisfied. But if you think about the, the example of somebody walking through the door. Accepting Jesus is walking through the door. But we're not called to walk through the door and just stand there. We're called to continue to follow Jesus. Look at John 8, 31. We have to keep walking. Keep walking. Keep following. We can't be satisfied with just coming through the door and just receiving salvation. And Jesus says in uh, John 8, 31, the Amplified Bible says this. So Jesus was saying to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word continually obeying my teachings and living in accordance with them, then you are truly my disciples. And so he qualified who was a disciple at this point. There are many believers in Jesus, but there were few disciples of Christ. Because there were many that that chose to, to begin to follow Jesus, but some sat down. Some even left. On one occasion, there were some that called themselves disciples that left. And his, his close team of disciples said, Jesus, look, look, those people are leaving. And I guess they expected him to go running after them or to change his message. But he said, well, do you want to leave too? And they left because he was teaching something that was hard for them to, to handle. It went against their, their tradition. So rather than ask him questions and come closer to him, 
They just said, you know what? Nobody can understand this. I'm leaving. Again, back to our understanding. Do we understand what we're reading? Do we understand the Word of God? Do we love it enough to ask the Lord, reveal this to me? I've been studying the same thing. I, I firmly believe that this Ethiopian man had studied Isaiah for a long time before Philip ever encountered this man. So the more we walk with Jesus, the more discerning we will be, for sure. And I think we've neglected discipleship because it sounds like work, hard work. When, when people become born again and they find out uh, who Jesus is and they begin to follow him, the first thing that we should encourage them to do is become a part of a small group, become uh, a, a disciple of Christ, find someone that can mentor you and teach you the word of God and go through a systematic biblical instruction, get some teaching in you. And you know, we're, we're, we're oftentimes reluctant to, to push someone in that direction or gently nudge someone in that direction because it sounds like too much work. It takes too much time to meet with a small group. And I don't want to be accountable. I don't want to admit that I'm struggling with things. Listen, we all struggle. We all struggle with comprehending and understanding the word and putting it to practice in our life, guys. We all do. There is no supernatural switch on pastors that we turn on the back of our head and then, oh, I know what that means. <laughs> and I'm telling you, out of, can I just be transparent with you? I own about $2,000 worth of Bible study software. Wow, somebody would spend $2,000 on Bible study software? Yes, I have. Because I've used it over the past 20 years. And all that Bible software and all those commentaries on one particular verse, there's sometimes where I have to quit reading the commentaries and set it aside and say, Lord, you show me what you meant. <laughs> right? Are you following me? Because it's not the ideas of other men that I want, other women that I want. I want the idea from the spirit of truth who guides me into his truth. Right? You can wear yourself out trying to read commentaries from other people. We have the spirit of God that teaches us. And so that comes through discipleship. It, it comes through devotion and, and commitment to study the word. Acts 17, 11, we, we mentioned this scripture last week. It says, now the Bereans, the Berean Jews, were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. As a result, many of them believed, as did a number of prominent Greek women and many Greek men. I don't know how long it took for those Berean Jews to actually come to a place of where they believed Paul. But it says they examined what he said every day. A lot of times we think that just because we explain the message of salvation that people are going to be running, people are going to be flooding, people are just going to give their lives to the Lord and they're going to understand what's going on. 
I'm, I'm, I'm reading books after this one scholar right now. He was a Muslim for nine, or I'm sorry, he was a Muslim from birth, but he studied Christianity for nine years before he decided to convert from being a Muslim to a Christian. Now, to me, that says something. He recognizes the truth, and he's not going to turn back. It wasn't just a uh, decision that was made off emotion. So are we willing to dig? Are we willing to become a disciple? Or do we just want to remain a believer? Number four, I think sometimes that we focused on it on changing society. We know that there's power in the word, but we think the power in the word is to change the world, to make the world a better place. But Jesus didn't come to make the world a better place. He came to seek and to save those that were lost, and he came to destroy the works of the devil. You know, maybe you've watched a Miss America pageant at one time in your life, and they, they give questions to the ladies that are contest in the Miss America pageant. If you were president of the United States, what would be the first thing that you would do? I would have world peace. <laughs> right? <laughs> no. We can't focus on changing society. We have to focus on changing us. We should be focusing on changing us. So what is our response to where we're at in this crisis of the Bible, biblical illiteracy? How can we become more discerning? Number one, we can read, study, and memorize the Bible. And that's three different things. Read, study, and memorize the Bible only with the help of the Holy Spirit. Again, there's so much information out there. There's so many people that are, are, are trying to, to solve this issue and to help this issue. But you need the help of the Holy Spirit. That's why every time you come before the Word, even if it's you have 10 minutes and you're, you're purposing in your heart to study this one scripture, you say, Lord, show me, teach me. Show me what I need to see from this one scripture. And then be diligent enough to write it down. Write it down and meditate on that all day long. We need a revival of the Bible. I've, I've discovered uh, on YouVersion, if you go to YouVersion app and download the Bible plans, there are so many Bible plans out there that encourage you to read the Word. Now, there's some Bible plans out there that you need to be... Oh, <laughs> need to fact check on the commentary, okay? Not, not the word, but people's comments about what the word says. But it, it's a good source to keep you motivated to study in the word of God. It will send you a notification. If you tell it to wake you up at 6.30 every morning and say, read my Bible, and it comes right up and says, don't forget your Bible reading. I also, uh, in memorization, how many of you like to memorize the Bible? Nobody. Two people. That's all right. How many of you liked your times tables back when you were in elementary school? Everybody? No. Two people. So memorization is work. (laughs) 
But the way you learn is part of the way you learn is through memorization. Over and over and over and over and over. There's a memory, uh, a memory uh, Bible memory app. There are many Bible memory apps on the app store. I looked up one. I don't even remember the name of it, but I saw somebody that wrote a review. They wrote a review about the Bible memory app, and this lady said that in two years, in two years' time, she has memorized 500 verses. Wow, that could be me. That could be you. What are you doing for the next two years? Could you stand to memorize 500 verses? I know I could. Try it out. Don't knock it till you try it. So I double dog, double dog, triple dog dare you to memorize the Bible. Listen, one other thing that she wrote, it wasn't that, hey, I've, I've learned 500, I've memorized 500 verses in two years. She said that when she was having a hard time and her water heater blew up, the first thing that came to her was the Bible, was Scripture. Scripture flooded her mind when that, that, when that thing happened to her. Number two. The second thing that we can do is judge teaching. Judge teaching with the word. Look at 2 Corinthians 10.5. You have to judge teaching. You can't just be uh, gullible like a little bird and swallow every worm that, that, that's thrown into your mouth. We have to increase our ability to discern. We have to study to show ourselves approved. 2 Corinthians 10.5, Amplified, says, Inasmuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God and we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ the Messiah, the Anointed One. We are responsible for refuting arguments and theories and reasonings. The only way that you can refute arguments and theories and reasonings is that you know the Word of God and you're able to line it up and examine it in light of the Word of God. That's our responsibility. We must do that. We must judge teaching. You're not judging the person, but you're judging the teaching. And if you find wrong teaching and you find somebody that's teaching in error, it's not our job to go and try to broadcast that to everybody. You just thank God that you're discerning enough that you're, you're enlightened to the point of, of knowing the truth from a half-truth or a truth from a lie. The third thing I think that we can do, our response is become an apologist. Look at 1 Peter chapter 3. Verse 15, I believe all of us need to be an apologist. I made my mind up this week, I'm going to be an apologist. I'm going to study the word like I've never studied the word before. Don't give me the cotton candy and the, and the, and the, and the fruit loops. Give me the real stuff, the real meat of the word. Apologist is from a word, uh, apologia, the Greek word. And it translated, it means defense. In ancient Greece, apologia referred to a lawyer arguing for a case in court. If you think about how a lawyer defends his case, he studied about it. 
He understands the different arguments coming against that particular case. He's done his homework before he shows up in the court. And if we think about the many things that we defend, we're defending things all day long. You know, back in the day, the guys would defend Ford against Chevy. I like Ford. No, I'm a Chevy man. <laughs> I mean, we defend our, uh, NFL, our favorite NFL football team. Well, I'm a Miami Dolphins guy. No, I'm a Buffalo Bills. Is it Bills this year? I don't know. <laughs> Let's see. I mean, they change around so much, you never... Here's what 1 Peter 3.15 says. Always, always, always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Now, get this last part. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. A lot of people try to defend the truth, but they're mean and nasty about it. And they want to attack other people because they don't believe like you believe. So we really have to emphasize the gentleness and respect. Gentleness and respect. We need to defend what we believe. But you first have to know what you believe. So I'm going to read uh, some current twisted truths. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There's 11 of them. They're listed in your notes. What they're called and then a phrase that kind of identifies each one of them. But here's, here's what I want us to see. Within these 11 twisted truths, there are traces of truth woven into each one of these that makes them deceptive. Self-helpism. Self-helpism. And the phrase is, God helps those who help themselves. And it sounds good. Well, God expects us to do our part. Yes, but there's a line there. And when you try to do his part, that's when you're interfering in his part. Or you say, you, your vision and your vision and your vision and your vision and your vision overshadows God's vision. Each one of these self-help, uh, each one of these uh, isms sounds good on the surface but there's lies woven all through it naturalism naturalism can be defined or is expressed through this phrase my brain is trustworthy according to my brain right skepticism i'd believe in god if there were any shred of evidence Postmodernism. The truth is, there is no truth. Moral relativism. You're wrong to tell me that I'm wrong. Emotionalism. Follow your heart, it never lies. And just what the kids were talking about. God's greater than my emotions. But there's teaching out there, especially the kids, to get them young. Follow your emotions. Follow your emotions. Your emotions, will, your heart will never lie to you. No, no, no. The Bible teaches totally against that. 
Emotions were given to us by God, but His Spirit tells us if our emotions are right or wrong. (laughs) Pluralism. The phrase pluralism, the phrase associated with that is just worship something. In other words, we don't care what you worship, just worship something. Uh, New spirituality. New spirituality says, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. We see people with millions of dollars that claim they're spiritual but not religious, and they're doing good things in the name of their spirituality. It's under, new, it's under this new spirituality. It sounds good, but it's, there's, there's not based on the truth. Marxism says communism failed because nobody did it right. <laughs> and there's a lot in our country going on with socialism, communism, Marxism. How about feminism? The future is female. In other words, the guys have had their turn and they've blown it. They mess it up every time and so move over. Here we come. I'm woman, hear me roar. But listen, some of the... There's, there's traces of truth, but lies are woven into all of these things. Now... Again, you have to, to communicate and dialogue and discuss things with people that believe this as, as their belief system, as their worldview, if you will. These are different worldviews. If it's their worldview, then we have to agree that part of what you're saying is right. But not all of what you're saying is true. Okay? But listen, you won't get into a discussion if you... If you just disrespect them in the beginning. The last one is progressive Christianity. And the phrase associated with that is Christianity needs a makeover. In other words, what worked before won't work now. But the word always works. Always works. So, do we know why these twisted truths and these worldviews of today are wrong? That's a big question. Do you personally know why they're wrong? Have you heard of some of these? Can you identify when someone is speaking to you from that belief system, that worldview? We need to develop critical thinking skills. (laughs) We should not settle. We should not ever settle for the Bible says it, I believe it, and that settles it. I just want to say, I've said that before. And I emphatically believe that for myself. But if I'm saying that to somebody who doesn't believe the Bible, then I'm not, I I don't even have a chance to have a discussion with them. I just shut the door. I shut the door right there. Right? Critical thinking skills says, okay, let me listen to where you're coming from so that I can, I can, show you what I believe after you've told me what you believe. It's called respect, guys. It's called loving people. It's called not, not always having to have the last word. 
Jesus didn't say go into all the world and argue the Bible. You notice that argument, nobody wins an argument. We need to be able to, to, to say the Bible says this and this is where it says this and this is why I believe why it says this. I'm convinced more than ever before that unbelievers want to become believers and that confused people want answers and the hurting and hopeless want something to set them free, which is the truth. But we have to develop critical thinking skills. We have to use the mind of Christ. The more that we renew our mind to the word, it's like breathing. We don't, as we breathe, we don't inhale 100% oxygen. We inhale a combination of carbon dioxide, nitrogen, and, and the atmosphere. And, and within that is oxygen. And our bodies are designed to take in what we're breathing, use the oxygen, and exhale everything else. We have to learn how to think. A lot of times we, we become Christians and we throw away our mind. One last thing I want to say about social media because it really gives Christians a bad name. When we get out on social media and we're so quick to forward something to someone else or like something just because somebody's big name is attached with it and we don't check it out in the Word. We don't check it out to see if what it says is really true. We need to be quick to hear Slow to speak, slow to use your typewriter, or not your typewriter, it's not a typewriter, it's terrible. Keyboard. Keyboard. My note says slow to type. You type with your computer. (laughs) We're running too fast. We're being driven by the enemy. Oh, I like that click, I like that click, I like that click. Yeah, I agree with that click. Click, 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 and you didn't even read it. You know how I know you're like that? Because I've been like that. Until the Lord stopped me and said, Why are you forwarding this to somebody? You're not even reading the article. You like the headline. What do you how can you forward a whole article if you've never even read the article? Guys, we're so guilty of just saying, Here, here, take some of this, and we don't even know what's in it. Hello? I've been in that position. That's why I know some of us are there. But we, we've, we've got to treat the social media platform with a higher respect. Because what you type or what you upload as a video is permanent. And people are being hurt and they're being turned off to Jesus because of some Christians. Well-meaning but ill-informed. Sincere, but sincerely wrong. And another thing, don't argue with the world or other Christians. Nobody wins an argument. If you want to have a private discussion, that's another thing. Even if you're having a private discussion, set out the ground rules. Say, listen, I respect you and I love you. We're not going to get into a place of where it's me against you. I respect you enough. I'm gonna, we're going to ask questions here. We're both on the search for the truth. Don't think that we have the whole truth. We don't know the whole truth. 
we have the spirit of truth that leads us and guides us into the truth. But as far as recalling the truth, like you know it all, because that's what we come off as a lot of times, we have to be humble. Let me take you back to this one verse, and then we'll pray. 1 Peter 3.15. See if you can see the word humility in this verse. Always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason, for the hope that is in you, yet, yet, or but, do this with gentleness and respect. Do you hear the word humility in there? So we're growing and we're learning. We don't know it all, but we do have the spirit of truth in us. To be humble, yet to know what we believe and why we believe it. Enough to have dialogue with people that want to know the truth, that are they're hurting, they're confused. This is, this is huge in the day that we're living in. The truth is, like Jesus said in Matthew 24, even the elect are targets of the enemy to deceive. So we have to become solid disciples of Jesus and know the word of God well enough to discern deception and defend our faith. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you again for your word, for stirring us up. I know this was a challenging message, Lord, but... We're challenged to go deeper in the word, to mature, to mature as the body of Christ individually and corporately. Father, stir us up to become disciples so that we know your voice, so that we're able to recognize what's true and what lines up and agrees with your word. Father, we desire, like Jesus said, to build our house upon the rock of the foundation, the, the revelation of who Jesus is by hearing the word and doing the word so that when storms come, that our house doesn't just collapse, Lord. Thank you for building solid disciples in this day, in our church, in other churches. Let's all stand as we get ready to dismiss. If you're here today and you need Jesus... Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast. If you'd like to join us in reaching others by partnering with us today, you can give online by visiting us on our website at lifeway.church forward slash give. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast and remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this.